0: is my boomstick what's your favorite scary movie what's up poor heads and welcome to shiver a horror movie podcast i am your host daniel Labona, and dave is not with me tonight if you follow us on all our social media you've seen that he is busy tonight uh, i believe he's got a ring ceremony or something for his school so dave is gone for tonight and it is going to just be me but i am joined by frequent time co-host special guest whatever you will the guy that i know i can go to when i need somebody in a clinch it was either going to be you or nick but with the movie i had in mind i knew it had to be you everybody i'm joined <laughs> by michael hunger tonight hunger how are you man
1: I'm doing great, Daniel. Glad to, glad to be back. And I really appreciate my new status as the, we watch random, terrible movies together. <laughs> it's, hey, you set the precedent
0: when you were like, hey, I'm coming on for Summer Fan Fest. Let's do session nine. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is your favorite? You're my go-to guy. All right. <laughs> so, and in case you haven't noticed from looking at all of the stuff around on the top, wherever you may be watching us, the movie that we are going to be discussing tonight is Wicker Man. But we're not going back too far No, 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 no. You won't find us going all the way back to 1973 to discuss Wicker Man. We are going to go back to 2006, a simpler time, when only half of the world knew what the word pandemic meant. And we are going to be discussing the movie The Wicker Man, starring the one, the only, the unbearable greatness that is Nicolas Cage. And so as we get into The Wicker Man, I mean, there's a lot to say about this movie. So in a a section that we're going to call The Drone Must Die, I mean, we've just got to look at this thing because The Wicker Man is a remake of a 1973 film of the same name. And in the 17 years since it was released, there are plenty of negative things to be found about this movie on the Internet. Now, one thing that we found here on Shiver is that sometimes we go back and we review these movies that were – maligned in their day. And now we watch them and we really enjoy them. Go back to our Halloween three season of the witch episode. If you're wondering exactly what I'm talking about, there can be value to be found in these movies that were not appreciated in their time. So now 17 years later, hunger, I got two questions for you. One has this movie outgrown its bad reputation and mm. two, was it scary or are you just mad
1: that I made you watch it? <laughs> well, well, So we'll start, obviously, with the reputation. And I don't think it will ever outgrow its reputation. (laughs) Movies come and go, but memes are forever. Correct. And since it dominated memes at a time where we didn't have the social media we have now. Facebook was barely a thing. Everybody was still learning to code with their MySpace pages. And I don't remember how to do any of it. Oh, yeah. I really wish I'd have paid attention because it'd be yeah. a very lucrative career now. But exactly. Here we are reviewing movies on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the, you didn't have the come and go. Oh, yeah, I saw this funny thing. It has its week. And then, you know, you move on to the next dumb thing you find on the Internet. So there's always going to be that part that sticks in the back of your mind when you hear the word bees. Correct. And it just it. And Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, you never forget anything Nicolas Cage has ever done, and you just can't and never will. Not a thing. Also, uh, speaking of Season of the Witch earlier,
0: Nicolas Cage starring in <laughs> Season of the Witch, another uh, one you wish you could forget, but nothing's pushing it out of your brain. Yeah, and as
1: far as scare, <laughs> I love I
0: will, that you. Uh, I love that you had like a pregnant pause there, where you were just
1: casually remembering the movie Season of the Witch existed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like give me time to process nick cage as he comes along but as far as scare first of all before we get any further in the episode i'm going to preface by saying i saw the first wicker man during covid because i mean i'm getting paid hundreds of dollars to sit at the house and do nothing i might as well watch movies right and so watched it loved it it's one of my top horror thriller whatever you want to call it movies of all time so if i start segueing back to just trying to talk only about that one i apologize <laughs> but that's where i'm working from coming into this like i told you earlier i knew inevitably i was going to watch this wicker man and i'm glad this is the reason i had to because i <laughs> feel like i would have wasted a day otherwise um but yeah no i not scary obviously having seen the original and this one had the overarching same concept everything you know the twist was lost there was no real suspense for me as far as that and scare i'd say the most just even jump scared is the scene on the boat with the truck where he's right. like slipping in and out and that was the most i clenched up the entire movie because other than that i pretty much it was fairly predictable scare wise
0: yeah i i, I think that you nailed that one man you just i'll I'll go at it from the other way so is this movie scary nah (laughs) like um there's yeah there's one moment where he's uh i'm I'm thinking of the one where he's sitting on the dock and uh, he's like waiting for the pilot to come back and he like he sees his daughter or doesn't know it's his daughter at the time but sees the girl Mm -hmm. down in the water dives down then wakes up but then the body's in his hand then he wakes up again that scared me a little bit that that whole the concept of Waking up and thinking you're safe from a dream and still being dreaming. That always kind of terrifies me, uh, which is what makes the movie Jacob Flatter super scary. But uh, outside of that, yeah, you know, you get the initial jump scare of the truck smashing into the car. You get a couple of those dream sequences. But once you get away from those things, man, there's any, any guise of mystique, or any attempt that they make to set something up that's gonna scare you is just kind of lost in the murkiness of all of this movie. And I, I, uh, this is the second time I've seen this. It was one of those movies where I was like, I will never watch this again. But lo and behold, now I do this, right? So I've gotta watch these things, uh, 24 hours or so before I, I do the show. And so I was, I went into this not completely blind, I went into this expecting, what i got hoping to find more which is something that's happened to me a few times on this show but uh there there is no more to this movie right this movie is exactly what you think it's going to be uh every step of the way you know exactly what's going to happen next there's there's nothing that really stands out as something that when it's over that scared you or that is honest to god even that memorable it's uh, and look, if if you've watched this show, you know that here at Shiver, we're big fans of Nick Cage. I mean, who isn't? I mean, if we're being honest, who isn't? Nicolas Cage has done it all. The dude's incredible. I mean, he's reached a point in his career where he can play a role in a movie where he is just a guy named Nick Cage, who's basically just a caricature of Nicolas Cage, which is bizarre because he and himself is a caricature. But this movie ain't it. Um, it I, <laughs> I, I very purposefully picked this one because... I know that this movie is kind of so bad that Dave doesn't even want to dunk on it for 90 minutes, right? <laughs> like he doesn't, he is happy to pretend that this movie just doesn't even exist and he can live his life like that and never watch it again and just be happy with that. I, I put myself through that hundred minutes again so that I could do this. And man, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing there. And it's, it's kind of disappointing. It's definitely a, uh, a lower point in some of the stuff that Nicolas Cage has done. But, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it doesn't, I, I would say it doesn't hold up. But, I mean, in the idea of the fact that has, you know, can it outrun its reputation? It never, it never stood up, let alone had the opportunity to hold up. This isn't the type of thing, This this movie aged like milk, not like wine. Right. It was it was bad the second it it, it was made and it was troubled with stuff. This movie was announced in 2002. Christopher Lee was going to be in it and all this stuff. They were going to do all this great stuff. And then just nothing happened until the rights eventually fell to, I believe, Universal made this one um, yeah. by the time it was finally made. And I can see why if this is kind of always what they had in mind. ah, It's just it's not there. It doesn't scare. Uh yeah, I, I mean,
1: whenever the people who made the original just come out and say, I want absolutely nothing to do with this, take my name out of the credits. This this is no way related to me. That's right. Uh, that, that's never a good sign. Exactly. And you expect that from a
0: grumpy old man like Alan Moore, right? Like Alan Moore mm. is going to do that no matter how perfect his vision is ever brought to the screen. That's just his that's just his role at this point is to be like, oh, I've got nothing to do with this. Take my name off of it. But when you got some people who made a low budget horror film in the early (laughs) seventies telling you that they want no part of your major like studio release. Yeah. You're, you're, you're tainted from the beginning. Mm. And so this, this movie never stood a chance. It, I feel like it never really knows what it wants to be. Does it want to be a thriller? Does it want to be an action film? Is there a mystery to solve? And I think that I think that they felt like by keeping these by keeping the plot spiraling outwards that they were creating something that made some sense because it was always repeating back on itself. But ultimately they created a bunch of concentric circles that don't connect in any relevant way or make anything that I care that much about. So if you're a big fan of the 2006 Wicker Man, thank you for listening because you can tell what we're about to do for the next hour. We appreciate you. Catch us at ShiverPod on all our social media. But now let's get into it, right? Let's talk about the movie. So what we're going to call is, stop me if you've heard this one before. I want to look at what happens in this movie because from... You know, 40 feet up inside a man made of wicker. This looks like a good idea for a movie. A Me- uh, cop suffers a tragedy, travels to an island to find a missing kid. While he's there, finds out the island is a cult and his ex girlfriend is there and she's part of the cult. And then all hell breaks loose. That sounds great. I'm good with all of that. So, for such a solid idea, why is it that in this movie, the wheels just come? all the way the hell off
1: well i think you put it pretty well with the meandering quality of it kind of not really knowing what they wanted to do but trying to be smarter than they think they you know they obviously think they're smarter than they were as far as connecting things together there is the whole kind of just what's going on? Is this supposed to set up to something else? Like the whole thing with the accident in the beginning obviously creates the mental instability, I guess is the best way to describe what he's going through the rest of the time. He's seeing things. He's having the weird dreams that you mentioned. But then that never really connects to the plot in any way other than we're just trying to build suspense for suspense's sake almost. Right. And then the weird some of the the stuff with the cult and knowing again having seen the original you've got the whole devout he's a devout christian aspect so his his reckoning with this neo-pagan cult is the whole religious thing to it but in this case it's just like a really weird oh it's women or you know this is a matriarchal society right and the issue is that he's got this kid he never knew about that he's suddenly very invested in. And also yeah. the idea that he's hes a motorcycle traffic cop. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The dude's not even a detective, and they make that a point in the yep. movie. There's a point early in the movie. Where they go, are
0: you going to go for detective? Uh, right now, I just need some time to find myself. Dude's not a detective. He gives people <laughs> speeding tickets on a motorcycle.
1: <laughs> also, I will say I love the fact that he's a motorcycle traffic cop just like you said giving speed and tickets uh putting stickers on the cars of on the side of the highway but he's riding around in a leather vest yeah it's not even a police vest it's just a classic like just a good old mc vest grease yeah (laughs) so it's just kind of all that stuff and then the there's the weird where the, the teacher all of a sudden is a different person, but they never really mention why she's pretending to be a different person. Thank you. <laughs> and it, it there are just so many little things like to not get too more nitpicky than that, because those are the ones that really stuck out to me. It just like, what are you guys doing? What's the point of all this?
0: Exactly. This movie in an attempt to keep you guessing as to what's going to happen this movie becomes like that house that that uh there I cannot think of. There's a house somewhere that always shows up on all those uh Travel Channel things about haunted places or weirdest places in America, where the dude thought the house was haunted and to keep the ghosts uh at bay, he's just constantly building onto the house and with with Whoa. no plan in mind. Yeah, the the Winchester Manor. Thank you, thank you, Winchester Manor. That this movie is the is the film equivalent of that. They, they, they wanted so much to keep us happy with, with weird things happening and with ideas that, that might play out or that were, that were counter to something that they just introduced. What we end up with here is a bunch of staircases where we hit our heads on the ceiling because they don't go anywhere. A bunch of doors with brick walls behind them. We end up with a movie that in a 100 minutes raises more questions than the show Lost did in seven seasons and answers less of them, right? And so you just, and I can only think that it's for the reason that you said. It's suspense for suspense's sake. But we are never, we're never allowed to buy in to any characters enough to care whether or not they're in peril. Uh, We're never led to believe, uh, we're never led to believe that that. this girl has anything to do with this society. Like I understand that in real life, just knowing that this girl is someone's daughter is, is enough to, to create the tension and to make good, make you want to see good things happen. But when you're in a movie, like I need something because I don't know Willow. I don't know Rowan. I don't know if they might've had a terrible relationship. I don't know anything about their relationship, so I'm not invested at all in whether or not she gets her daughter back. And Nicolas Cage didn't even know she existed until, let's call it a week before this, and didn't know she was his daughter until, let's call it, 12 hours before he finds her. And so you, there, there are no stakes here. There is absolutely nothing on the line. And there, you're just, you're just constantly waiting for something to make you care. And it doesn't, it It wanders Mm. and it wanders. And sometimes it gets on a bike and rides. And unless I dozed off, I don't know where the bike
1: came from. Um, I just, (laughs) I, I, yeah, I'll say I definitely didn't doze off. I (laughs) I managed to somehow pay attention every second of that hundred minutes. And I didn't know where the bike came from. Just all of a sudden he's walking with, uh, walking with a bike. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So, and yeah, little things like obviously Miss Rose, the teacher and the woman that he runs into down there doing uh sister Thorne right mm. down there doing, uh, doing the work in the fields. They're, they're obviously the same woman, but even instead of saying, ah, you must've talked to my twin sister. It's just like, no. And then she just stares <laughs> at him. There's too much staring in this movie with nothing happening. And when you've got a Nicolas Cage film, you know what you're going to get from Nick Cage Mm -hmm. and you know what he's bringing. And when you put a cast like this one on the other side of him and nobody can play off of that energy and nobody can, nobody can give it back as well as they get it. And you just get blank stares and boring monologues when he's, acting his ass off like he always well not just you know acting overboard like he always does then everything looks more ridiculous nobody's working together to make this movie work and then you're right at the very end the very end of this movie so he finally finds the girl and he's he's punching people and taking her and he's got his gun and he's gonna rescue her and then it turns out oh, well, he's the sacrifice to make the honey come back. And he had to be he had to be willing. At mm-hmm. what point did he become willing? Did he just have to come to the island willingly? Because it was posed. Sister Isle made it sound like, uh, excuse me, Sister Summer Isle posed it like he had to be a willing sacrifice. Considering the man went down swinging, trying to pull the trigger on his gun, I'm thinking he's not a willing sacrifice. So you finally give me a twist and... It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't do anything to further the movie. You look back on all of it and you're going, oh, so this was all the plot all the way back to when he met Willow. Eh, okay. You know, and, and that that's all you get out of me.
1: Yeah, and they loo- really lose it. Um, well, for one, just to touch back on your point about Nick Cage being Nick Cage, I feel like we didn't even really get true Nick Cage until about 70 minutes in. Right, Like, he's he's got the thing where he's yelling at the kids in the schoolhouse, but other than that, you don't get it until he's, like, Willow's trying to follow him. He's like, no, you're not going to follow me, or yeah. whatever it is he said. He's just, okay, now we finally get the unhinged Nick Cage I've been expecting, and there's, what, 20 minutes left in the movie? Yeah, exactly, and we're almost done now, so. Yeah, but then as far as the twist, it was, again, to touch back on the original, because they you know obviously explained more and i did find it funny the the specific mention of every chapter of this has been carefully orchestrated from the very beginning to get you to this moment it's like well at least yours was because the plot of this movie was not (laughs) carefully orchestrated (laughs) from the beginning uh but in the original they go into detail about there's the four things that their god or whatever it is and he these are four things that need to be met it needs to be Willing, you came to the island willingly, uh, someone with a king's power, so basically, because he's a lawman, right? Uh, he's a virgin and he's devoutly religious, I think, is the fourth one. So, okay, you've got this carefully thought out, and then, like you said, this one is just we told you to come and you did (laughs) 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 exactly because,
0: yeah, because that's the other thing, it's like, well, he had to, okay, yes, he did come of his own free will, and you baited him there. But because that's the other thing, like, I, I, you get the feeling that and maybe maybe it's just because of I've seen the original. Right. But part of the part of what made it so dramatic in the fact that this man was was approaching this cult was because his faith was a cornerstone of who he was in the Mm -hmm. original. And in this one, I mean. Did it come up before he was screaming, I don't believe in your God, right? Like, was it a mm-hmm. thing before then? No. And so it's just, it's one of those things where I understand the idea of wanting to take a movie that was made in the early 70s and be like, we can make this for a modern audience. But unfortunately, I guess they attempted to make this for a dumber audience. <laughs> and then they just kept turning that vault that, that knob down. Just kept turning it down over and over again, and I can't figure out what what they wanted me to be afraid of. How I was, why I was expected to care about Nick Cage. When, when I see him, he's just a, a dude buying self self help tapes who suffers a tragedy in in watching that truck plow into that car. But then after that, why do I care? And then they immediately spend all of this time making me hate him. (laughs) They, they took like, he's a complete and total dickhead. Like I get that these people are not being cooperative and you're trying to find a child, but you also busted up on private property and then immediately started demanding stuff. The scene when he's in the bar and he takes his, his badge and just bangs it on the bar after they obviously don't want him there and starts announcing how he's, he's a police officer, even though he's out of his jurisdiction, he's in Washington now. And, and it's just like, okay, so at what point am I supposed to empathize with this guy? And then eventually it's like, Oh, it's his daughter. Please, please feel for him. No, this guy's been a prick to everyone.
1: Yeah. And and that's what's really lost with, um, like you said, in the the original there's the religious aspect. And I think it, It really takes away because in the the original, this guy's got nothing to do with these people. It's just some strange woman sent him a letter asking for his help. He didn't know who she was. It was an anonymous letter. He's never met these people before. He's just acting of his kind of higher duty, in his opinion. To I need you know this is my job, and also I need to save this girl. Right. So there there's a there's a meaningfulness to it, and in this one they completely take that all away where you kind of at the beginning, okay, he's trying, he didn't, he wasn't able to save the really weirdly bratty girl at the beginning in her mom right. wasn't able to save them. So maybe now, Oh, he's trying to make up for that by saving this girl. And then they throw it out the window with, Oh, well it's his kid. So now that's his driving for like, which one is he trying to do it to save himself? Or is this just uh Oh crap! I've got a kid. I need to save my kid, and I don't care what I have to have to do to. Like you said, he's being an asshole the whole time, which yeah. I guess also loses in the originals in Scotland. This is yeah. It seems like a typical asshole American <laughs> trying to <laughs> like bust in and do it. like you're gonna listen to me. Yeah, and, I mean,
0: it, it, true enough, it's just there's 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 an, a there's a bizarre lack of subtlety to this movie for something that uh portrays itself as a thriller for for a thriller to be effective you have to layer these things subtly and i you know and it again at no point do the words subtle and nick cage blend right so you 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 you're what you end up doing is just shellacking story piece after story piece on top of each other and you and and it's all just laying there and none of it's really working together and so you because you spent because there's a moment in this where willow says don't believe anything you see or hear and so you're going oh okay so there's you know there is there is something to this island there's a way that he's going to hallucinate and then and then you start seeing what seem to be hallucinations, right? He sees the girl from his his hotel uh, hotel room in whatever from mm-hmm. the, the the window, and he chases her, all, all for nothing, right? Except for one kind of supposed to be dramatic moment where the floor falls out from underneath him, and a guy who does not look like he has much upper body strength at all somehow muscles up onto that second uh, floor while dangling there. And so you're going, oh, okay. So you immediately start trying to draw these lines, right? Well, he got there, and he got the mead. Uh, Okay, there we go, there we go. So they're they're drugging him, and this is how they're gonna mess with him. That doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Not believing anything you see or hear doesn't go anywhere. The only thing that he never should have believed is the person who told him to not believe anything he sees or hears. Sure, there's a little bit of you know, like like uh, there's a little bit of poetry to that, but. There's just, there's nothing subtle. There's nothing that makes you just desperately want to know what's going to happen next. You're just sitting there, letting everything happen and wondering how much further it's going to go. So, I mean, like I said, just for all it's meandering and and for everything that, that this movie does and doesn't do, one thing that you absolutely cannot take away from this movie is uh, it has got some characters in it it has got some characters in it so in a section that we are going to call cult of personality if absolutely nothing else summer isle is host to a cast of some very interesting characters for good reasons for bad reasons there's a lot of people in this movie i mean who do you think did a good job and who do you think fell just flat on their face
1: all right, well, before I get into that, I'm going to correct something for you. Uh, oh, okay. Because in this movie, it's Summer's Isle. Oh, Summer's Isle. original Summer Isle. And in the same vein as uh, <laughs> Harry Potter, not thinking that Americans know what a philosopher is, they thought <laughs> Summer Isle would be just entirely too difficult for us to pronounce. So they threw the extra S in there
0: oh, for, my our, God. for
1: our sake. And yet oh. that is 100% true. I found that on the internet. That is why that is different. Well, there we go. So, <laughs> Summer's Isle
0: uh, is host to a cast of characters, but I mean, it, <laughs> oh. is, is there anybody there that's good for you? I mean, let's let's start there. Let's look. We we just we 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 crapped all over the plot of this. Somebody had to stand out for you as doing a good job.
1: Yes, and that is actually where I was going to start anyway. Um, the twins, the creepy blind twins that were in the series of unfortunate events show with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. <gasps> that's where I know him from. They are exactly what they needed to be. Yes, and it was amazing. The speaking in unison. The they're blind, but they can still. Oh, here comes the man. Yeah, like just so. Ooh, it's like so creepy, in such a good way that it stands out against all the other nonsense. Yeah, it's, that's the only way I can put that. Is like there's so there's so much that they're trying to make work that doesn't work that when that pops up, you're like, Oh, all right. That uh, Yeah. That's unsettling.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the type of thing that this movie needs is just a pair of creepy old ladies that are blind. That's the type of stuff that you use in a movie like this to, to, to make people unsettled and to just, to just leave you uneasy all the time. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that one. Uh, and then also
1: uh, my childhood bay. Lili Sobieski. Hey, guys. Remember Lili Sobieski? Hey. Yeah. Jungle (laughs) to jungle. Deep impact.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: One of those people that you don't really see her in a lot, but when you do, there she is for you. Oh, man. It's so good.
0: Like, as as soon as she popped up, and like I said, not even the first time I've seen this movie. First time she was like, oh, yeah. Lili Sobieski. (laughs) Remember when she was in everything? Yeah. like just like you couldn't you could not make you couldn't go a year without making a movie that had lily sobieski in it and she was just everywhere for a little while there i mean she was an eyes wide shut for god's
1: sakes Yep, she and was like so, the teen queen of the 90s yes
0: everybody she was the, she was supposed to be the one who like received the mantle from jennifer love hewitt it was supposed to go jennifer love hewitt lily sobieski and then she fell off the face of the planet i guess
1: yeah, because I mean, Eyes Wide Shut was 99 and then this seven years and who knows what she's doing. Yeah, now. I mean,
0: like looking looking here, so I, I've, I've got her wiki up right here. So let's see. She made a movie The uh, that was, it looks like the last, mov- the last time she filmed a movie was 2010, 2012. Uh, she was in a movie called Branded that came out in 2012. She was in a movie called The Last Film Festival that came out in 2016 but it was filmed in 2010. Hmm. So uh, she just doesn't anymore, I guess. Like, uh, oh, here we go. In 2016, from Wikipedia, Lily Sobieski confirmed, I don't do movie stuff anymore, commenting on her early retirement, saying she's just worried about her kids. Well, there we go. So hmm. good for her. That's where she went. But yeah, I
1: mean, it's Rick Moranis on all of us.
0: <laughs> oh, Rick. Come on back, man. Um, no, it's, uh, you're right. There's, those, those two are both really good. Um, I kind of, I kind of like Sister Beach. Um, and I don't know if I like her character or if I like just seeing what Kathy Bates looked like 50 years before she started making movies. Um, because I went and looked, assuming that this woman had to be Kathy Bates's child. It, mm-hmm. Like right here in the face. It's pure Kathy Bates, just younger. And uh, so she was interesting. Took a punch from Nick Cage, right? But...
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I do want to point out the irony that it's International Women's Day. And we're reviewing a movie where Nick Cage punches three women in the face.
0: He does. But it's a matriarchal society. And that's the other reason that this one works for International Women's Day. So... um, But, yeah, it's... I mean... Look as far as anybody else doing a good job,
1: nah. I, yep. I mean, Ellen Burstyn was okay, but for what there she was, was, yeah, it's like she she shows up further than halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. Never really has any kind of compelling, like she does the whole backstory and kind of fleshes out what they are and why they're there. But other than that, it seems like she just took a paycheck, red lines, and went home. Yeah. And, and, and that is unfortunate. And I felt the same way
0: about Francis Conroy um, who I love Francis Conroy. And uh, I, she, American horror story and just, just everything she's done that I've seen. She's amazing. And the role that she had to play in this somehow her brand of stoic acting, just st- it was it was like it, it she normally takes an idea for a role and then creates a stoic character for it. On this she was handed a one-dimensional character and so then her normal brand of I just deliver the lines like this and 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 doing that was so flat and so mm-hmm. bad because she just uh, she there there was there was nothing there to work with, and so that was that was kind of disappointing. Uh, shout out to uh, James Franco for getting the the <laughs> cameo at the end of this movie. Right, he was he was brighter yep. than anybody. Um, and Jason Ritter, yeah, and Jason Ritter, yeah, like uh, it. You know they they shined as well as anybody else. You know for their five minutes, but mm. it's just that's the thing when this movie's over. Who do you remember? You remember Lily Sobieski, but not necessarily that she was Sister Honey. Mm-hmm. And you remember the blind twins. And then ultimately what it comes down to is you you remember Nicolas Cage. Yep. And so, you know, let, let's let's get into Nicolas Cage here. In in as we're talking characters, and as we're looking at these people who made this movie, we've got Edward Malice, Nicolas Cage, and he was obviously given the enough rope to kind of be himself but like you said every time he started to reach that point you could tell that they yanked the reins mm-hmm. and you can't ask nicolas cage to be in a movie if you're not going to let him be nicolas cage and when 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 the more and more you you look back on everything he did here what you just keep finding are the ones like in the schoolhouse that you talked about the moment where he starts to get ramped up and you start to mm-hmm. go, Oh yeah, Nick, here we go. Go get him," And then it's er, throw the brakes on, right? You, yeah, you come get outside moment, and talk to me. Calm down. Exactly. You get the moment where he's slamming his badge on the bar and, and he's, and he's about to to crank it up and let them know how important this is to him. And then it just kind of fizzles out. And honestly, the one moment You mentioned at the beginning of this movie, and this is kind of plot kind of characters. You mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the idea of this meme taking over the internet, the bees meme, Mm -hmm. right? If you've not seen uh, this Wicker Man remake, and you're you're watching us right now, and you're like, man, when are they going to talk about that scene? Let me let you know. We'll talk about it right now, but that scene's not in the fucking movie. That scene ended up on an editing room floor. And that scene, the audio from it ends up in this movie where it just plays in the background as you're watching other stuff happen. But that was the scene. That was the one that everybody talked about. And it turns out you can watch this whole movie and not even see it. And that was a moment where we got Nick Cage and he was on and he's screaming, you bitches, your God's not real. The honey won't come back. And he's just laying into him as they break his legs and they, they torture him.
1: Why? Why
0: was that scene cut from
1: the movie? Uh, yeah i knew we'd get there eventually i've got it in my notes for the next section um yeah so yeah that was imagine my disappointment the first time i'm actually sitting down finally watching like oh i finally get to experience the bees right and it oh nope just kidding no <laughs> then the bees. credits are all right Yep. Yeah. it's you're and it's again nick cage you're finally getting to experience nick cage But it's hearing him. You don't even get the emotion that he portrays in his acting because he's in a fucking burlap sack as audio plays over a scene that is not happening. Right. They're carrying him in the sack up and they're like, you know what? I think they're going to get the gist of it. We're just going to go ahead and cut this. We'll sum it up as they're walking him up the hill. We're not even going to bother to show him the break in the legs. Oh, hey, now we're going to reveal him out of the sack. Oh, thank God he said that. Oh, my God, you're breaking my legs because we didn't know, <laughs> never known that his legs were broken. Right. Oh, well, why, why did not just kick this wicker out of his way? <laughs> why is this guy all of a sudden covered in welts and bee stings? Yes. That's weird. Something must have happened off screen. Guess I'll never know. Yeah,
0: I, I just like from the from the perspective of looking at this character and looking at the idea that, you know, there there's somebody out there who said. Nick Cage is who we need for this role. I don't understand the idea of never letting him do what by 2006, we all knew he could do. Mm-hmm. We all knew exactly what Nick Cage was going to bring. Why? Because hunger's my age. And if, why do we know what he's going to do? Because we all watched the rock face off and con air in the nineties. And we watched them a hundred times each. So we know exactly what to expect from a Nick Cage movie. And yeah, sure, you can go back and you can watch Raising Arizona and you can say, hey, look at this guy. This guy, you know, obviously he was going to be something. But go back and watch those three movies and you always know that's the breadth of Nick Cage right there. No, I'm not going to talk about Captain Corelli's or the one with all the wine. What was that? Sideways? Ah, I don't care. Is he in Sideways? Is it Sideways? Is is that
1: the one? No. no, reason alcoholics leaving Las Vegas. Leave,
0: no, there's leaving Las Vegas, but there's another one from like the late '90s, early 2000s that might not be Sideways. Because Sideways is Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden it's, Church. It's, it's one that I uh, anyway. Yeah, those aren't the ones I'm talking about, right? My Nicholas Cage, my Nicholas Cage makes Drive angry and bring out your dead. <laughs>
1: Right, these these are what's the Bangkok dangerously?
0: Bangkok dangerously, thank you. This is what I want from my Nicolas Cage. And yeah. I just I, I don't understand the idea of especially when you tease everything that he could be doing in this movie. It just it, it it doesn't make any sense to me, and what you end up creating is a character that, like I said at the top, I don't I don't care about. I don't have any sympathy for him when he is finally put into the wicker man and lit on fire. I don't care that he's betrayed by his ex girlfriend and 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 his daughter. It, it just none of it matters. I was never given mm-hmm. a character that that I got to either care about or have fun with, and I need one of them. I need one of those things to create a character that I care whether or not they die, and it just didn't happen. And so, while we're talking about the idea of you know deleted scenes and 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 character creation and stuff like that, we're going to get into. I mean, this is one of the first times that, that that I've that I've ever done this when creating a show sheet. But I mean, a setting, direction, memes, shit. I don't know, man. There's got to be a shining point in this movie, right? If we're, we're, we're shooting fish in a barrel, just dunking on this movie because everybody has for 17 years. And, but there's there's gotta be something,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, and when I was... <laughs> First of all, I really appreciate the way you worded the notes because it gave me the right mindset going into what I should be planning <laughs> on uh, putting together as I was like, OK, there's a very looseness to this, which was making yeah. me much more comfortable yes. with how to catch, how to review this movie's particular category here. Yeah. Um, shout out to my homies in production design. Hey, uh, that's uh, that's about all it besides <laughs> the memes. That that's all I can give it is, you know, it looks it looks very cool, well put together. The scenery, the town, the costumes, uh, even the graphics for the, you know, whenever he's dreaming. And then the blonde lady that you can't really tell, are they supposed to have some sort of romantic relationship at the beginning? Whenever he's dreaming back on her conversation about the people in the car and she just explodes into a swarm of bees. Yeah, cool. Yeah but uh other than that uh yeah we'll just yeah production design
0: yeah i mean um one i went and ch- i went back and checked uh, and, and i can't find that this movie was uh, so 2006 i mean that's right around the time that like 3d was starting to be a big thing maybe right like and yeah, so i kept, I mean, you, you I kept a couple getting, years
1: avatar but i right kept there. getting
0: the feeling that that they like wanted this movie to be in 3d because there's all these weird scenes where stuff is happening, but in the foreground there's just bees and their buzzing is dominating the audio. And so I was like, so I was like, all right, well maybe if this was in 3d, I bet that was pretty cool. Went and checked. This movie was never in 3d. Um, So I can't, you know, can't give them credit for that. Um, You're right. It's pretty. It is pretty. Um, They, they, they filmed in a gorgeous location. They, 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 they used a great little, you know, uh, cultish town. Uh, the, the Wicker Man that they built to set on fire was put together. Well, like you said, yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's production design because all of the things that we've talked about, about being problems with this movie, they come down to the, the core of the movie, which is the writing is not good. The 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 direction is not good. I mean, case in point, a deleted scene became the most iconic scene from the movie, and so there is there there is there is somebody out there, right? Let's see, let's see who's this movie uh, edited by Joel Plotch, right? Joel Plotch, you shit the whole goddamn bed, just every inch of your California King is covered. In your editing feces, because of your decision to chop that scene out of this movie, it doesn't make any sense. Yep. And I I can't wrap my head around it to the point that if you watch this movie now and all you know of it is the meme, you just wonder if it's some sort of internet creation. Because there are people who don't who who all they know of the Wicker Man is there's a movie called the Wicker Man. It's got Nicolas Cage and he gets bees put on his head. There's a lot of people who only know those three things about this movie. There might be there's probably more people who know those three things about this movie than there are people who have actually watched this movie. I will go out on a limb and say I would bet that there are more people who can who can identify this movie or that meme who know nothing about it. And so I will I will forever question that decision. Mm-hmm. I will forever wonder how much of the, uh, how many other parts of this movie that the internet didn't blow up were cut out that maybe would have helped it make some sense. You know, like like we talked about earlier, where where did the bike come from? Does it matter? No, but is it weird? Yeah. Dude's just suddenly on a bike. He yep. And, I, and then and then later on he steals another bike like from, yeah. from uh from sister rose and so you just go back and it's like, okay i guess he i guess he stole a bike uh you you're you're forever left to wonder if this is an island you know who thought it was a good idea to to build a, a, an underground crypt Uh, You would only assume that most people that most islands in the Pacific Northwest uh, have pretty high water tables. I would think so. At least Um, I I just, when a movie leaves you with more questions about the making of it, than it does about what actually happened in the movie. What you have on your hands. Isn't something that's going to stand the test of time. And, and I have spent all day. Oh, which, Oh, I think I dropped out for a second. Am my bad? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of skipping for me okay. a little bit too. So I couldn't tell if it was me or you, okay. but we're back. Um,
0: and so when, when you've got a movie where people are just constantly questioning direction decisions and you're left with this movie that, that isn't going to stand the test of time, it's, it's never going to stack up to anything. And you just, you, I, I spent all day, I spent all day saying to myself, all right, like I'm, I'm the guy who finds something to like about movies. That's, that's always, that's, that's since, since Dave and I have been doing this, that's always been my role. You know, I, 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 well, your first episode, I went to bat on some session nine stuff for you. I found some mm-hmm. stuff to enjoy about that. Uh, Antlers, deep house, some of these weird things that, that that we've done on this show. I try to find something and man, there's just nothing here and uh and it's and it's disappointing, because when when the legacy of your movie is a meme created from a deleted scene, that's 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 adjunct failure. there's there's no way around that. It's so bizarre to me that I don't know I, I, I won't say that this movie exists, and I'm not going to call it the worst movie ever made or anything like that. I'm just I, I am going to say that it's it's bad. And I want yeah. to be that guy. I want to fill that role. I want to tell you something that's good. But like you said, outside of the fact that it's pretty,
1: man, I, I, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's I, just so much for it, too, with thinking that they, you know, they made the decision to cut that for some reason. The only one that I can think of that would make even remote sense, even though it makes zero sense, is they were thinking it was running it long For some reason, maybe, but okay. With the thought of that, there is so much meaningless nonsense in the movie that I just like you cut that, but then we have to watch this whole part where he discovers the pilot's body, which I'm going to double back to why, right? Like, if the whole point was to get him to the island why was there the whole weird, like the pilot should have never brought him to the Island. And then we killed him as punishment. Exactly. Oh my God. Thank you for pointing that out. But then Also, as soon as he's like, Oh my God, they killed this guy and like stitched his mouth and eyes shut. And now he's just like, we left him on a beach for you to find. And then the three little kids just pop up out from behind the bushes and then immediately pop back down into the bushes. Why are you leaving us with shit like that? And we don't get to see the fucking bees. Exactly. Exactly. Like,
0: why? Why do I have to watch? Why do I have to watch him load logs onto a truck, and yep. then and then save the guy? Sure. Okay. Yeah. The guy doesn't talk, but he. Why, it doesn't matter. So yeah. there's a
1: scene of a beekeeper harvesting honey out of a honeycomb, and now right. here's this weird background stuff that we're f- for some reason choosing to focus on. Like, and also the just the random. Now all of a sudden, here's Willow's face.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Is she sad? She she seems like she might be sad. Is she pretending to be sad? Like what's going on with this? You know, and and doubling
0: back to to characters there just completely left Willow out in the cold because again, a character that that I that I don't I, I don't care about. And mm-hmm. and I like even towards the end when she's watching him get burned. I don't know if I'm supposed to be reading that as she actually genuinely cared for, her, but cared for her, her, her family there on the Island more. She, she was so difficult to read again, almost like everybody making this movie was so hellbent on outsmarting the viewer mm-hmm. that even at the end, once all the cards are on the table, like there's no reason for us to not be able to read her anymore. Ellen Burstyn's wide open. I mean, pedal to the metal at this point, face painted up, you know, spinning around yelling about honey. She's embraced it.
1: Ah, Willow. What the hell are you doing? Like, especially to take it away with were before, like that doesn't even cut off the whole thing for the, the original wicker man that stood out to me is just, it's the most creepy way to finish the movie. They've killed the guy. They've sacrificed him to their God to, reap their harvest for next year and now we're just singing this creepy middle english folk song while dancing on a field and it's just weird and this one is like okay yeah we sacrificed him now it's starting all over again because we're going out to honeypot james franco and his friend
0: (laughs) and the thing is that that moment that six months later is so again talking about stuff you could have cut That's so unnecessary. At this point, we're aware of the fact that Willow went out and found him specifically because he was. Well, I guess actually you don't really know specifically because he's a cop because they cut that shit out. Mm. But, you know, she went out and found him specifically to have a child with him to bring him back and set all of this into motion. So why do I need to watch Lily Sobieski go out? And catch and, and do the same thing to James Franco. What what do you do you think that I, as the viewer, I'm just going to assume that now that Nicolas Cage is dead, they're just done doing this. The assumption is that this is just their way of life and this is how they've always done it and how they're going to keep doing it. And they're going to get away with it because every time a cop comes, they kill him.
1: Yeah, so she makes a, Ellen Burstyn makes a point of mentioning that, you know, we've this we've been doing this for years. We've got multiple people out there and you're just this one you know you were the one we chose for this instance so obviously it's an overarching network of baby daddies that you <laughs> you have to help your honey harvest <laughs> they've got a they've got a Rolodex <laughs>
0: oh james franco okay okay um, i just it like i said when 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 you're when a movie's over and what you're finding yourself wondering is is not what was a, a character's motivation or why did this happen the way it happened? When what you're left wondering is what, what, what? Like you, you that's the thing. You can't even put your finger on what you're wondering because it's all there. You just feel dumb because you, you want to feel like you don't understand. You want to feel like you missed something when this movie's over. You want to think that that can't be it, right? That's it. I mean this movie is this movie's puddle deep and and it and it's sad that that this is what we got because yeah, 2006 Lily Sobieski was a big deal. Nicolas Cage will always be a big deal. You 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 put some names in it. You took a movie that is iconic. That wicker man from 73. I, I it's 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 amazing. It's one of those movies that's always going to get towards the top of people's scary movies, thriller movies type lists because it is gorgeously executed. And while we always say we don't compare a movie to others when we're looking at rating and stuff like that, it would be a fool's game to look at a remake and not compare it to the one that was made. And just an every single facet this movie pales in comparison to what we had in 1973 so it's just it's it's tough to find a shining moment and i want to i really do but it's just not there for this movie and so i mean look yeah we usually go a lot longer than this before we get to rating but we can't talk about this movie any longer because We have presented to you everything that there is to know. The only way we could keep this going longer is if I just cut in footage of Hunger and I walking through the woods, screaming at random people like American assholes. That's the only way this episode gets any longer. So, without further ado, it's time that we rate this thing and uh so i will ask you first i when i gave you the show notes you you are the guest host when i gave you the show notes i had a couple ideas but do you like any of those ideas do you have something what are we get out of a possible five
1: what how are we rate in this movie see the from the ones you sent me of course the one i really want to do but it's not even in the movie so we, can't, <laughs> we can't do bees daniel there are Damn no it. bees we can't do bees <laughs> Um I I had an idea earlier, which was girl punches, just because that's one of the most entertaining parts, is just when he all of a sudden just drop kicks Lily Sobieski into a wall. Yeah, like like like, like, like Kung Fu style. Like she, she's yeah. flying back like a Shaolin film. Uh over since you brought it up, and I've also it's something that I didn't find a place to mention naturally but that works because people don't interact the way that they interact in the movie. <laughs> it's like people, like whoever wrote this, have you ever seen humans talk to each other? <laughs> so I think that I'm, I'm going to get for my my pick, you can, I'll defer to you obviously, but mine would be awkward blank pauses. Yes. I will
0: take it because you were absolutely <laughs> right. This movie is full of them. So, Hunger out of a possible five awkward pauses. What do you give 2006's The Wicker Man? Well,
1: Daniel, I'm going to have to say that, (laughs) and yeah, I'm I'm just having fun now. Let's drag it out a little bit as we just remind how ridiculous the situations were, but I'm going to go with one. I'm going one out of five awkward pauses. Excellent. Yeah. Uh
0: look, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. And, and I, and I, I wondered, and I've wondered, and I've been doing the show for a year and a half now. And it was like, man, is that moment going to come? Is the moment going to come where I can't be the silver linings guy? I can't be the dude who goes, all right, so it's bad, but I can't be that guy for this movie because it's bad period there's 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 nothing that you want to talk about and honest to god if they'd left the scene in there i might have gone one and a half hell even two because the scene's dope you can find it on youtube if, if if you are if you've only watched this movie through once and like meme culture in the in the, the mid-aughts wasn't for you right and and you don't know what we're talking about when we talk about this scene go to youtube and put in wicker man torture scene and when you watch it if you are one of those people it's like eh, it's not that bad you'll be so angry that it was cut from the movie, that you too will drop your rating, I'm sure. But yeah, so I'm going to go with a one out of five awkward pauses. And hot off the presses, let me grab my phone here and check out our, my, my shiver sticker there. You can find those um, hopefully soon on our website. We're going to be working on that. I have got Dave's rating in, uh, texted in, um, since he was not able to make it today. And Dave says that he would like to give Wicker Man one out of five awkward pauses uh he wants to know how does someone take one of the greatest movies of all time with so much depth and so much context and make this he's absolutely right for all of the reasons that we have talked about this movie's trash there's Mm -hmm. there's no mystique there's no intrigue there's no fun that's the thing there's not even any fun you know i we we have we here at Shiver have overlooked a bad movie or two because at least we had fun watching it. Go back and check our episode where we watched the newest Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We had so much fun watching it that we overlooked a lot of stuff. And I will admit that. I have got, we have gotten messages where people are upset at how highly we ranked that one. But you know what? We had fun <clears throat> watching it. You can't even have fun watching this movie because nothing of consequence is happening to anyone nothing adds up to anything and you just get a bunch of flat boring performances and so for the first time ever i think not just in my time in the history of the shiver shiver a horror movie podcast we are giving a movie ones across the board a resounding one out of five awkward pauses are going to the wicker man remake in 2006 because there's just no redeeming qualities to this movie. I, this is not one I will I can't even recommend this movie and be like you just got to see how bad it is. No. No, just watch I'm sure I'm sure somebody's made a hilarious YouTube recap that you can get through in 15 minutes that will show you everything worth seeing and and at least make you laugh right so you know to anybody who's who's listened to the whole thing to anybody who's suffered through this movie maybe our next episode is going to be a support group i don't know but there you have it one out of five it was bound to happen eventually and and i'm just happy that you were here to do it with me hunger thank you for suffering through a hundred minutes of the wicker man remake uh tell everybody who listens who may be here in tuscaloosa what you got going on
1: uh, yeah, if uh, you're in the Tuscaloosa area, got nothing better to do on a Monday, 8 o'clock, Gray Lady on Greensboro. I I think it's fun. Uh, host fun trivia night. This coming Monday at 8, we're doing Bob's Burgers. Oh, that's excellent. That's a popular one that was voted on online. So, yeah, if, hopefully you can join us sometime on a Monday. You can follow me. My name's on the screen if you're watching. That's at Tallboy Trivia. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And as of this week, TikTok so oh uh, shit you made it to the tiktok yeah we'll see if i ever end up doing anything with that but yeah uh follow me on social and hopefully i'll see you sometime all right
0: man well uh and if you are watching live you can see here my i always use my tag here Uh, i am at punk phoenix on all of those things with an underscore in the middle but you don't want to follow me You want to follow the horror movie stuff, so you want to go to shiverpod.com, where you can find links to all of our social media sites, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're on all of those places. We are at ShiverPod. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Tunes, Apple Apple Music, whatever, wherever you get your, your podcasts. Make sure you check us out there. And if you are a fan, if you listen all the time, it would mean the world to us if you could drop us a rating, drop us a review, help us move up that algorithm. We have started to break it a little bit recently. We've started to gain some followers here and there. We're starting to cut through the noise. So you could help us out a lot with the review, with a five-star rating if you really like the show. We greatly appreciate that. If you have an idea for an episode, if you want to just rail me, For the way that we just absolutely destroyed this movie and you want to go long form with it, you can always email us at shiverpod at gmail.com and I'll read them. I will. They push straight through to my phone. I read every single one. Um, Most of the time they're just ads from Linktree. But hey, you could be one of those ones who comes through and just tells us how much you love us or hate us. We want to hear about it all. Uh, So check us out, make sure you follow us on Instagram, that is where we do most of our interaction, try to drop some funny memes, try to let you know what's coming up. Dave and I have got a slate of some really, uh, you know what, no, screw it, some really good stuff, at least some stuff that we've heard really good things about. We do actually have two movies on deck for this month that are movies that are going to be new to us, so uh, make sure you check out Instagram Next week, live at Wednesday, we are going to be doing our St. Patrick's Day special. Everybody wanted it last year, but we okie-doked you, so we're coming hard this year. We are going to be doing Leprechaun. We are going to be talking about Jennifer Love Hewitt, and we are going to be talking about the movie that spawned a ton of really bad sequels, including Leprechaun in the Hood, which is a real movie. So make sure you check us out. Follow us. Drop us a review. Hunger, I appreciate you coming on so much. To everybody who listens, thank you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful night and fright you very much.